Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We are live in Richmond for the first time today. Welcome to our Richmond audience. AM 910, FM 105.1. You're locked into Grant and Danny on the fan all over D.C. and the DMV on our flagship 106.7. Wherever you're at, you got to listen to the Odyssey app. Crystal clear and Easy to use. Take us with you out and about. The Odyssey app is the way to go coast to coast. Let's get to Phoenix, Arizona. Speaking of which, uh, it's radio. We can do that. BetQL guest hotline is where we find our guy Brad Spielberger of PFF, one of our favorite NFL guests. Brad, we appreciate the time. How you been? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Good as always, my friend. Let's dive into the matchup this weekend. How has your thinking evolved on this game as you started to look at some of the data and some of the numbers? Like, what what do you not think, or what do you think now that you maybe didn't think at the beginning of the week? Yeah, you know, I think the more and more you dive into the kind of the numbers and the context surrounding how these teams got here, um, you know, we've heard a ton about the Eagles' pass rush unit and being this elite, elite unit that led the league in sacks and had one of the highest sack totals of all time, and that is true. Um, they also played more snaps on defense with a lead of, of over a touchdown than any team in the NFL by a wide margin. Uh, the number two team, the Chiefs, were second in sacks. So you, you kind of start to poke holes, a little bit of areas. And, and Patrick Mahomes, he did take three sacks against the Cincinnati Bengals last week, but before that game had not taken more than two sacks since week nine. So, you know, for one betting angle, you, know, you can get the Eagles under two and a half sacks is plus money. Uh, but from a non-betting angle, I also just think it goes back to how much quarterbacks can control that sack number by just evading pressure, getting rid of the ball quickly, all those things. Um, And I still like the Chiefs in this matchup. So that's the minority opinion, as you know. And I'm a little bit surprised by that because Reed and Mahomes together are kind of the can't-miss tandem that normally gets backed. Does it come down to people just thinking the Eagles are more complete? Why do you think there are so many national experts and pundits and analysts like yourself that are rolling with Philly? Yeah, you know, I, I do. I think they think, like, like we've seen it all week long, it's, oh, the Chiefs are better at quarterback and tight end, but then every other position group is in favor of Philadelphia. I'm not really sure I agree with that. I think, you know, look, the offensive line is better in Philadelphia, but the Chiefs' interior is as good as the Eagles' interior, and those are arguably the two best interior offensive lines in the NFL. And then, yes, I give it the edge at tackle to the Eagles. But, you know, for running the ball, for moving guys around on the, on the middle, um, up the middle, I, I think the Chiefs honestly have an advantage there and a worse run defense for the Philadelphia Eagles. So if they do get a lead, they can maybe lean on that a little bit, get Isaiah Pacheco going, and kind of keep Jalen Hurts off the field. The second point is the injury situation for both quarterbacks. I think that we're having all this conversation and talking all about Patrick Mahomes' high ankle sprain 
and that Jalen Hurts' shoulder is, is just as big of an issue. Um, his, his three lowest graded accuracy games, not grades, but we chart every throw on, their, on the accuracy level. His three most accurate games are his last three games. I don't think he's very comfortable right now. Brad, I... I, I basically have talked myself. So you, when you, when like a smart person like yourself comes on and, and tells me something that's really sharp, I start to question everything. But I basically have been on Philadelphia all week. I feel like they're the better team. It's just a matter of time. This is their year. It's kind of a coronation. But I do this little thing where I got a little bit of doubt. Where I go, yeah, but Andy Reid after two weeks, like that to me is the thing that's sort of my my cautionary uh, tale for being super bullish. What sort of stuff might he do? Like what weaknesses has he found? What's he got concocting? Yeah, so look, I would first say, look, there are many, many more smart people on the Eagles, so don't don't let me shake you off your stance. <laughs> and if you feel confident, um, you know, stick with that. But yeah, I mean, look, Andy Reid, as we know, off a of bye is incredible. I think what he will be able to do is find some holes in this defense. So I mentioned they're susceptible against the run. They're not great up uh, over the middle. They're, they're kind of better with Darius Slay and James Bradbury on the outside. And then I thought there was a very, very interesting quote. I know they're kind of being sore losers right now, but the San Francisco 49ers, a lot of their players going out there and talking about how they had a lot of matchups they liked and, and different things they liked against this Eagles defense that we did not get to see because they didn't have a quarterback under center. But for me, look, Darius Slay and James Bradbury, I think are as good as it gets for an outside corner duo. Really, really, really good players. But if you were going to poke holes in them or find a weak spot, look, they're both around 30 years old or older. They're bigger guys that I think match up well with big body guys, but you're going up against speedy yards after the catch, make you miss me open field guys like Kadarius Tony and Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't think those are great matchups for them. Um, of course, if those guys can get healthy and can play, but if you get to the ball underneath those corners and then let them maybe make them miss in space, I think that's how you take advantage of them on defense to a degree. Brad Spielberger of PFF on Grant and Danny. Let's talk Jalen Hurts for a second. You mentioned the injury. I, I want to talk more specifically just about his season, and let's assume he's healthy and he's himself on Super Sunday. There was a take that made the rounds from Chris Sims, and, and I'm not a Sims basher. I, I like him as an analyst. I think sometimes uh, he thinks differently than other people, and you're not allowed to do that, really, without everyone screaming at you. But he did say something to the extent of you know, Jalen Hurts is, is – right now has an easy job. You know that it, the Eagles are an easy team to quarterback. And I agree with that for the record. Now I think a lot of that has to do with Jalen Hurts' presence. Like they run the ball exceptionally well, better with him. Uh the fact that they have read option and some some uh, RPOs and and that they have great weapons on the outside and the best offensive line in the league. Like that's all fair, but you guys had him rated as number 4 among quarterbacks in grade. You had him 6th as just a passing grade this year. I'm just curious what you make of that thought of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, you know, I, I think you went a little bit too far. I think you said outside the top ten. Again, I'm not here to bash anyone. And I do think people should disagree and should argue. Um, and I also completely agree. Look, it is objectively, you know, you have one of the best, if not the best, offensive lines in the NFL. I think offensive line coach slash run game coordinator Jeff Statland probably is the best run schemer in the entire NFL as well. Maybe Kyle Shanahan, but, you know, right in that conversation. And then, of course, you go out and add A.J. Brown. You have Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. Look, no one's arguing it's an easy or it's a hard job, but at the same time, you can again kind of dig into the weeds and find individual growth for him. So I mentioned some of that accuracy. One issue for him going back to last year was throwing outside the numbers. You know, he was good at getting the ball out quickly or good at getting the ball over the middle. This year, he took a quantum leap 
on his accuracy outside the numbers, which again, you know, A.J. Brown helps you in that regard. But but we're not crediting, you know, the receiver being open. We're crediting it being an accurate throw into a bucket, things like that, that, that is independent to a degree of the player he's throwing to. So I, I just think that, yes, his environment's easy, but you don't go from being like a league average quarterback to being, you know, top five, top ten, and he taper drop back and all these various stats, obviously PFF grade, which is pretty stable year to year for, for quarterbacks. Um, it's also because of his individual growth, no question. Brad Spielberger, pro football, pro football focus with us here on GND. Outside of Kelsey for Kansas City, who else would you circle as, as having a chance to have a big game? You know, I think Chris Jones, you know, I get that, again, the Eagles interior offensive line is phenomenal. But Jason Kelsey, as incredible as he is, one of the best centers you know, we've seen in a long time, I think you can maybe with strength um, a little bit against the pass can maybe exploit him to a degree. Uh, he's, not, he's not bad by any stretch, but I think he's kind of, we know him as, Elite in space, great at getting to the second level and spearheading that run game, that QB sneak game, all those things. I would say it's more of a strength than pass protection. Again, not a weakness. And then, you know, left guard Landon Dickerson got hurt in their last game, is going to be wearing a brace on his elbow. You know, again, he's going to play, probably going to be fine, but you never know. Maybe he, you know, he, he re injures that or it's bothering him with pain management, whatever. Um, so I think Chris Jones, I mean, has to have another monster performance like he did against Cincinnati for this defense. And then flip side for the Eagles, they got so many weapons, can beat you in so many different ways. Is this an A.J. Brown game? Is this a Devontae Smith game? Is it a Miles Sanders game? Is it a Goddard game? Give me somebody that has a nice afternoon, a nice evening for Philly. I think this is a Dallas Goddard game. I really do. So, again, I mentioned kind of over the middle. We had the Chiefs as the worst pass defense between the numbers. Um, you know, they really struggle. In, uh, you, know, you know, the safeties are okay. Um, but they kind of, you know, had Brian Cook and Juan Thornhill and some of these younger players cycling through. Justin Reed was a nice free agent addition. But their linebackers are also good against the run, um, but are not guys you want in pass protection. Nick Bolton, you know, one of the top, you know, tacklers in the NFL. I mean, I think you and I could get separation on him in coverage. Maybe that's a little bit, a little bit strong. But, but you know, so, so I think that's how you attack Kansas City is over the middle. And I think Dallas Goddard and a little bit of Kenneth Gainwell um, could be key focal points for this offense in this game. We're not as twitchy as we once were, Brad. <laughs> I'm not sure. You, you might be able to get open. I don't know about us. Not us. Uh, let's broaden the scope. Let's go outside of the Super Bowl, bounce around the NFL. Brad Spielberger of PFF here on Grant and Danny. I want to start with uh, last time we had John, we were kind of predicting a contract for Deron Payne. You had it at about four years and $80 million. You know, my sources with the team uh, tell me that they are very adamant that they want to get a deal done with Payne, that they are – they changed their plan. A year and a half ago, they were planning on paying Chase Young. As of right now, they don't think that's going to happen uh, based on how his career is going. So that money goes to Deron Payne. Well, what do you make of what Ron Rivera said yesterday? I think those were massive comments. Yeah, I put a tweet out. I saw, you know, it was kind of a, a pro football talk article about the Chase Young comments. But to me, the far more interesting comments were about Deron Payne and just saying, you know, for him to say the words like you want to reward a guy like that for, you know, buying in, not holding out, not, you know, making threats and all those things, and just coming in and having, in many ways, the best season of his career. Um, yeah, I, I am now, the tea leaves, I think, to me, that he will be back next year. I do think it now probably starts with a franchise tag, um, you know, of around $19 million. I think it's going to be hard to get a deal done. And that, that deadline is March 7th, so less than a month away. Um, and then they will work on a deal. Look, they learned their lesson, but I think, again, try to get this deal done as early as possible. Um, because, I mean, Durant, Durant Payne knows this, but there are so many guys in that position that are about to sign monster deals. You want to go early. You don't want to sit around and be the last one to sign. What do you think of Rivera coming out on February 8th and basically saying we're not going and getting a veteran? 
Sam Howell's going to be the starter going into camp. Yeah, it's hard to kind of make sense of it. I mean, it's, for me, it's bizarre. Look, I guess that they were in the hunt, so to speak, and, you know, want to be kind to a guy in Taylor Heineke that's done a lot for the organization and want to try to get some money's worth out of Carson Wentz. But to go from this guy is unplayable until week 18 to then, oh, yeah, he's our surefire guaranteed week one starter next year is just a, a pivot that is just I, – I don't, I don't buy it, right? So – I get they're not going to go the veteran route. I'm sure they don't want to spend more money there, spend more draft capital there. And I get they're not picking super high, um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I would imagine they have to explore at least maybe mid-tier veteran free agents, um, you know, like a Jacoby Brissett or a Jimmy Garoppolo or something like that. Um, or maybe we do some take a, a quarterback, and if not the first, maybe they are in the mix for, you know, a guy in the second round, something like that. So, I don't know. Look, I mean, Howell obviously was highly touted, then dropped going into his last year. But for me, it's just a little bit fishy to go from, you know, he couldn't get on the field to now he's he's not going to have – he's our, you know, surefire starter six months out from training camp. Yeah, and, and Rivera talked about the reason we did it isn't just one game. It's the college tape, and we like this and that. Well, you like them so much, you, you let them last until the fifth round. I, I, I wonder, though, Brad, if, if they're basically – now looking with great envy at maybe a Philadelphia or some of these other teams that have quarterbacks on the rookie deal, and they'll just go, maybe we'll try this. It seems like they're very reactionary. Give me your thoughts. No, 100%. And I think, you know, the, the, look, the Alex Smith move, I don't think you can hold against them. Obviously, that went terribly for an injury, not really their fault. But, I mean, the Wentz move, it's just like, what convinced you that that was a smart move? Um, and it was worth the money there as opposed to going cheap. But, I mean, they kind of did have that with Taylor Heineke. Like that. It's not like they've been spending a ton on quarterback. Um, and also, we're talking about extending, you know, a second defensive lineman to a massive deal. They have two highly paid wide receivers. Yeah, they could add some more on the offensive line, but they've spent a little bit there. Like, you know, the, the rookie contract benefit and all that comes with it, they're kind of already, to a degree, taking advantage of having a cheap quarterback by having all those expensive pieces elsewhere. So I get it, but if you want to talk about, you know, maybe emulating the Philadelphia Eagles, if there is a guy in the second round, like a Jalen Hurts, and yes, this is maybe kind of revisionist history because he's been so good now, but but do not be afraid to add more competition. I mean, one name, I know we got hurt end of the year, but Hendon Hooker in Tennessee, you know, tore his ACL, but a really good player, um, kind of a similar story as a transfer who kept getting better, kept working very hard, keeping his head down. Like, don't be afraid to continue making dart throws in the draft as opposed to, you know, having dart throws with trades for guys that I think are obviously not good at the position. Would you trade either Rodgers or Jackson or both? Uh, I would trade Aaron Rodgers at this point. I, I don't think the Packers are there. I, I think they have so many big decisions. Is David Bakhtiari going to be back at left tackle with his injuries? Or is he going to take a pay cut? Probably not. Rashawn Gary is kind of the only guy they have with juice in the pass rush. towards ACL middle of the season. Maybe he isn't back for you know the first half of the year, whatever. And, and it gets harder to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. If they keep him another year, and prorate this option bonus, they're actually going to have a larger financial penalty next offseason than they do this offseason. So for me, I do it. I see what I have in Jordan Love. And if he's not good, I take a quarterback. If he is good, you kind of hit the reset button. Um, but, but if I'm them, I probably do go ahead and do it. Lamar Jackson, no. Um, but that one's going to drag on forever. We're not going to get a resolution on that anytime soon. Brad, this is a very general question. It's probably going to be bad. You, you contribute over the cap.com as well. It's one of my favorite resources. The Saints, there's so much red ink next to them and cap space. 
right? It's like it's like if, if they, they couldn't field the team today because they're so over the cap, it's such a disastrous situation. Then there are teams that are sort of like, you know, kind of close to it, but they treat it like this great wall that they can't get past. Other teams like the Saints are like, yeah, maybe we're in the Derek Carr market. We'll just add and we'll figure it out. Why do some teams treat the cap like it's like it's a, a horrifying monster and other teams treat the cap like it's just a, a gentle guideline but no big deal if you go past it? Yeah, it's a very simple answer. It's not a bad question at all. The answer is ownership. I mean, Gail Benson in New Orleans does not care. There is Well, it matters more is cash than cap, and she doesn't really have a, a concern in either and says, spend whatever you need to spend. I want the team to be competitive. I want, them to, I want us to try to win every year. Rams is the same with you know, Stan Kroenke and all his money. Yeah, that, that is, unfortunately, at the end of the day, it's, it all comes down to the ownership and their willingness to spend. Um, at the same time, look, I, I get told every year, oh, the cap doesn't matter. The Saints figure out every year. Yeah, they figure out how to field a sub-500 roster full of 33-year-old players that I don't think is going to be good until 2025. But, hey, if, that, if that's your speed, then so be it. <laughs> Brad Spielberger of PFF. Great information. We really appreciate the time. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. Enjoy Good the game, buddy. Him on to hop all over the NFL. A lot we can chew on there, but yet another plugged-in league analyst who comes on this show and predicts Aaron Rodgers being traded by the Green Bay Packers. It might actually happen this offseason. <sighs> I have been burned too many times being the, it's never going to happen for established star with decade and a half or more experience with, uh, with his current team. Right? We're like, in my mind, Brett Favre is a Green Bay Packer still. No, he's not. Two, two other teams. Tom Brady, multiple times. Or not multiple, I guess one. But Aaron Rodgers, too. I've always been so skeptical. And then the seismic thing happens. So I'm not going to be the one saying, nah, this year. And yet again, we've got another person who doesn't believe Ron Rivera at his word that he's going to stick with Sam Howell. I said this yesterday. I think people just can't wrap their head around how fast they seemingly went from yeah. not thinking he was a starter in this league to now pushing all their chips in. And Rivera can say it's not all about one game or the one game didn't swing the pendulum into his favor, but it kind of did, didn't it? It had to. I mean, on Wednesday of the game week, you're planning on starting Heineke, and all of a sudden, you say you're going with Hal, and now he's just your unquestioned guy when you have a whole offseason to draft or sign or trade for somebody? That is a big leap that they made, and I I just think it's hard for people to wrap their head around. Yeah, but you heard him. He basically was like, this, then this? Come on. That's not necessarily like an argument. And I'm not ripping Brad. I mean, it's it, it, from the outside looking and you go, this is your entire data set that you've decided to now bet your, your basically your tenure here on? Well, let me say it differently. If they had spent the year talking about Howell as their future starter, which they never really once did that. But let's just say they said, we're going to try to redshirt him. He'll compete in the future. We think he can be a starting quarterback. Or halfway through the year, they were saying, we'd love to get him on the field if we get a chance to this year. At some point, we think he's got a bright future. He's ready to play. We know he can help us. Anything like that, then the, it might have softened this. Yeah. The, the verdict of them saying he's the guy for this season would make more sense. But the only data points we have are, he was your third-string quarterback whenever everyone was healthy the entire season. The report came out in the final week of the year when he started that there were people in the building that didn't want him to play because they didn't think he could, that they were worried about his readiness, quite literally, in yeah. Week 18. They're worried about his readiness, and they were afraid for him to have to start and play the entire game against the really good, scary Cowboys defense. And from that, after one game and 11 completions or whatever the numbers were, now he's just the guy? 
people are having a hard time grasping yeah, that. Yeah, two things. One, I would love to know some of those conversations because you know there were arguments. You know that there was disagreements. You know that there were people on both sides trying to make their case. I, I would have loved to have seen some of those discussions uh, when it came to Sam Howell. And then two, for, again, I don't want to say this otherwise. Like, not like I'm in the building every day or in the locker room or anything like that. But I say outside. I mean, so, you know, people that are worried about the entire league, not just every little morsel that we get here from Washington. But if you're outside looking in, the data points are are not compelling to get you to the conclusion that yeah, it's Sam Howell. No, no question about it. You and I, I think, could see it because we we follow this thing so closely. But if you're outside looking in, you'd go. You mean to tell me you didn't hear word one about this dude since he was a fifth rounder, you know, a year ago, and now all of a sudden he's the guy? I think you're just lowering expectations. Yesterday, Ron Rivera said Howell's going to be the starter going into the season very likely and that they would need a solid veteran backup that they could bring in to, to help him, basically. And I think everyone's response to that that I saw was, well, why couldn't that just be Taylor Heineke, who already knows your offense and who people in the locker room already have good rapport with? Taylor Heineke just spoke on Radio Row and was asked about his future in D.C. The answer is compelling. You'll hear it next right here on Grant and Danny on the fan. Grant and Danny welcoming you back on the fan. Double play at 345, blitz at 4, and at that time, at 4 o'clock, right here on G&D, we're giving away two tickets to a Fallout Boy concert in town. So you got to be listening to win those in about 31 minutes. Taylor Heineke was on the Pat McAfee show. A lot of ground got covered about his future in Washington or elsewhere. Tons to tell you about what he said, but let's play a couple of audio clips for you. First, this was uh, Taylor Heineke on Sam Howell, the quarterback he shared a room with this season. So, uh, what was that? The last game of the year. It was earlier in the week. You were supposed to. You were supposed to start. You were going to go a half or whatever. And you said, "Listen, I've got the most moxie in the NFL. I'm a guy you could have a beer with. Let Sam go and see what he can do." Is that what happened, pretty much? Yeah, uh, I won't get into specifics, but they initially made me start it that week. Um, I'm kind of sitting back and look at it and how everything kind of unfolded the last previous two weeks. Um, you know, the, the game really didn't mean anything for us. Um, and, you know. We've seen Sam do what he can do during practice and through, through training camp. He's he a dog ball. in there, huh? The dude, the dude's a dog. The dude can ball. Um, oh, so, so I was like, hey, this guy wow. a chance to see, see what he's got. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, I'll draft him for a reason. Um, so he nice went out there and balled out. So, you know, it, I'm very excited for him. He's got a bright future ahead of him. He keeps. So they talked about the benching and how it, it led to, you know, basically him being on the sideline against the San Francisco 49ers, and he admitted to and confirmed that based on Buddy sending in some things, he, he did know that Ron Rivera was considering benching him against the 49ers in the game where Wentz came back in. This is Heineke on the Pat McAfee show. Like, how was it all kind of yeah. – how'd you take it all in? It was tough. Um, again, like you said, I understand the business of the NFL. Just paid a guy $30 million. Let's give him another chance. Um, I think we lost two or three in a row there. Lost two, had a tie, um, and we were kind of on the cuff there. we got to make the playoffs. Um I don't, I'm not going to say I felt disrespected. Uh, it was just kind of the communication of how it all went down. Um, I wasn't very happy about. Whoa. How about that? Huh. I wonder what that means. Well, it means he wasn't told that the leash was short. And then there was the report that the leash was short. And he found out by way of the media that he might get benched before kickoff. 
probably not a great way to find out that the leash got shorter, right? I mean, that's not ideal, and no. that was poorly communicated if that's the case. I like that he said, look, I understand this guy makes $30 bucks. Right. He's probably going to start again at some point. Um, it was tough. I'm not going to say I was disrespected. The communication of how it all went down, I wasn't very happy about. And uh, they go on to ask him more about, like, did he know that he was on the verge of being benched? And he said that he had friends sending him articles right before the kickoff of that 49ers game. Remember when the story came yeah. out that morning that it he was might that, get benched? I was trying to remember if it was the night before that morning, but it was so, around that time frame, Yeah, right? I think that day as he's yeah. getting ready for the game. Now, by the way, just as, a, as as an aside, if your buddy ever makes the NFL and is a starting quarterback, you probably shouldn't send them the articles that they might get benched that day. I just got this message from a pal. This could be your last show. Right. It's not great. Right before you go out and play against <laughs> yeah. Nick Bosa. Probably not great. Yeah. Although I will say to his credit, the first half of that game, he was on fire. Uh, it lit a fire under his butt. He came out. And he was automatic. That was the best half of football I thought he played all year. And then, obviously, he turned the ball over a couple times in the second half. That was all And Ron pulled the plug right away. Uh, he was asked about his future with Washington. Here's what the Taylor Heineke had to say again. Pat McAfee show. Are you excited to get out of the commander's building and kind of pass the drama or no? Um, I might be back there. Um, I would love to be back there. Is that you know? something that's being chatted about? We'll see. I don't think I'm allowed to talk about anything. Okay. I mean, that, that's hinting at, yeah. hey, we, we'd like to re-sign you, or maybe that they have had a conversation. I mean, there, there were quotes. You could see whatever you want to see, right? Because uh, he was asked, I think one of the guys on that show is a Packers fan, and he makes it all about the Packers, and it's hilarious, and everyone thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. Um, obviously, I would love to go to the Packers. That's been a childhood dream of mine. Other than that, I want to play. I want to start. If that opportunity doesn't come up, being a backup quarterback in the NFL is one of the best jobs in America. I've always liked that he's got his head on straight. Stole the words out of my mouth, legitimately. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like You could tell this is someone with perspective. This is, of course, somebody. Listen, you don't get to that level and go, man, I hope I'm the backup. You want to play. It's it's how you're wired. It's how you get there. So, of course, he'd like to start. Of course, he would like that kind of opportunity. But he also recognizes that there's going to be other people ahead of him in the pecking order almost every time. He's not going to be anybody's first choice. He gets that. He sort of knows where he's at, but also has that sort of you know kind of bulldog mentality to kind of keep chopping wood. So, all about it. What just you could see why he's such a likable dude. They just, I just thought it was interesting they covered a lot of ground about the end of the season. He was asked about when going into the final week, they named him the starter, and then they ended up naming Sam Howell. Mm-hmm. And I'm a paraphrasing here via Hogshaven, but he said, I won't get into specifics, but they initially made me the starter. I looked at how everything unfolded the last two weeks. The game didn't really mean anything for us. We've seen that Sam Howell can do for us. Dude's a dog. Dude can ball. They went with Sam Howell. This meshes kind of with what I was told, which was, when Heineke understood, and I don't know that it was communicated to him directly from Rivera, but when it became clear to him that he would start that final game but not finish it, and it would be the second time in as many games that he got to start a game that he couldn't finish, he went to, from what I was told, Ron Rivera and said, hey, you might as well just start Sam Howe. Let him play this week. If you're just going to bench me in the middle of the game so that he can come in and get his reps, just play him. And it was taken as, like, best teammate in the world. He wants Sam Howell to get his shot. I think it was some of that, maybe. But I also think it was a lot of being annoyed and over the fact that he was just kind of the 1 a.m. call. 
<laughs> he, he'll be there right. whenever we need him. If we need him for a half, he's there. If we need him for the second half, he's there. I think he was kind of over it at the end of the year and, and didn't want to be used again to begin a game that he wasn't going to finish. I think like, that's you one play part of against it. the Cowboys' first string defense while they're on the field, and then when they get benched, uh, we're going to put Howland against the backups. Like, no, leave me alone. How about that? I think that's a huge part of it. I, I would also I wonder strategize because how many bites at the apples is this guy going to get in terms of getting a, a big payday? I mean, the folks at, um, uh, not over the cap, what's going on, uh, Spot Track said his market value may be close to, you know, $19 million, $20 million. Now, Which I, I think is preposterous. I think that's preposterous too, but it's the idea that if you're going to go start somewhere and be up, you know, in that Mitch Trubisky tier, maybe somebody's filling for a while, you got one more chance to do that. More sample is not good for Taylor Heineke, right? Your, your good deposits are already there. You leave with a. I mean, I, I know not everybody loves to, loves to hear this, but you leave with a good quarterback record over the course of this year, right? You weren't the plan. You were some. You were always the bridesmaid for two straight seasons, and you saved this team's bacon and got them competitive to try to make a postseason run for two straight seasons. They wanted to do better than you and couldn't, and here you came riding in again to be the hero of the day, leave with a winning record. That's your last sample. A meaningless game, and I don't think anybody in their right mind anticipated Washington would play as well as they did in that last game against Dallas. It felt like a my vacation My vacation starts tomorrow. I'm going to Cancun. Everything's already packed. Let me get through this one. But they kicked ass. They were great. So going into that, maybe you go, I don't need the my a, a bad sample to be at the end for me if I'm Heineke. I fully expect Heineke in an interview like this to say that he wants to come back to Washington, that he'd be willing to come back to Washington. That does not surprise me at all. The, the way that he answered that question, making it seem as if, and maybe I'm just reading too much into it. You tell me if you think that's the case. But he made it seem as if, like, they've already been talking about him coming back. Mm -hmm. that, that's what that's I thought I read he it. was hinting at. Yeah, that's how I read it. That surprises me. I am on record, and I'll stay on record. I don't think bringing him back, if it's as a backup to Sam Howell, is a good idea. Uh, I think Taylor Heineke's an outstanding QB, too. I think he's one of the better backups in the league. So if you just want a really good backup but you don't care about anything else, then you can put a period at the end of the sentence and say, well, you'd be lucky to have him as your backup. Fine. I personally don't do celebrity backups. I think He's if, crossed into that, I if think. If Sam Howell gets off to a slow start, you know, has a three-pick first game, or through three games you're one and two and the offense isn't clicking, you guys all know. You're, you're smart. Fans that are listening right now, you know what's going to happen. You might be the person leading the Heineke chant, or, or you'll just be sitting there hearing it. But that will happen. And if your backup is Mitch Trubisky or Jacoby Brissett or uh, Case Keenum or Colt McCoy, that won't be the case. And that's why I would go that route. I would do everything I can to make sure that, yes, I have a backup who can come in and run my offense. That is important. But that that guy is not a threat to Sam Howell if – Howell's development and staying on the field is going to be a factor. And I just think that Heineke is a lightning rod. Yeah. He, he can't just exist anymore. Everyone Not his notices fault, by the way. When he's yeah. In, yeah, exactly. He did nothing wrong. In fact, everything he did was probably right. But he just can't be a dude in the room eating a meatball. He just can't chill and pop it into his mouth and stand there. Everyone goes, oh, look, Taylor Heineke's here. I'm not doing that if if Sam Howell's my guy. Yeah, we're all we're all colored by our experiences. And my experience here has said to me, good organizations could probably deal with this no problem. We're not that. I can't have any fans that come to my games clamoring for the backup the instant something goes awry with my starter. 
You know what I mean? Like, regardless of situation, just I'm, I'm so scarred from that, I'm going to err on the side of extremism there, right? I'm just not going to have a backup that anybody come, that, that, that comes through that turnstile into my stadium. The instant the first pass is overthrown or whatever, if they're going to chant my backup's name, that guy's not on my roster. Now, I say that, and I will have to also admit, if I was the Eagles, I wouldn't have taken Jalen Hurts in the second round by way of that theory. This college quarterback who played in a national championship game who would immediately have a following and, and believers who would say he's better than your, your embattled guy that's currently on the field. And so if I'm a GM, I'm going to miss on guys like Jalen Hurts sometimes with that axiom that I have. And you got to wear that. But I, I think more often than not, you can do more damage than good with just having a backup that people really, really like. But that's something we'll be talking about, I'm sure, in the weeks ahead. But we wanted to get you that audio, Heineke, just this afternoon on the McAfee Show. Grant and Danny on the fan. Our double play comes your way next. What's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with sports. We've got those tickets to go see Fallout Boy at 4 o'clock on GND. Chiefs, I had something planned. But our very own Ryan has thrown, if I can say this, a wrench into the gears. Oh, no. So what we have around here, and you started this tradition, and we, we've picked it up, but we do a little thing called Fitness Fridays. Yes, and I'm glad that right. you've carried the torch forward. Yeah. So Grant developed a series of high-intensity workouts and a program for people to follow if they want to walk in his footsteps. He's graduated, doesn't bother with it anymore, but for the rest of us, we try to live by his axioms. You try your best. You do your best. Makes me proud. So Ryan and I have been doing Fitness Fridays. We haven't been able to the last couple weeks. Legitimate excuses, not like one of those things like, oh, you guys got lazy and quit. We didn't quit. Nobody's questioning. He had a he had a work thing once my kids were off school, so I had that. So tomorrow, we're going to do our Fitness Friday bit. Ryan rolls in before the last segment. He's like, hey, idea. Instead of going to the gym tomorrow, we're going to play pickleball. He's got it. He's got the fever. The only, the only prescription is more cowbell. Because you played earlier this week with your pal. Right. Was that a Fitness Friday? It's not It's not really what Fitness Friday is supposed to be. It's a fitness activity. But you said you played earlier this week. We played earlier this week. But I thought you do Fitness Fridays. We do Fitness Fridays. You see. So when was Pickleball? Tuesday. So you did Fitness Tuesday. We played Pickleball on Tuesday. We had a nice friendship outing. So you guys outing. have Pickleball Tuesdays and Fitness Friday? We're developing that. We're developing. Pick, wow. a pick, the Pickleball is a fledgling part of the relationship. Darius, we need to start getting together and watching movies or something if these guys are going to have this uh, this little tandem behind our back. Or you know what you could do is invite Darius, and he could stonewall you point. for months on end. I'll do that. Right? I'll invite Darius to the movie theater, and then I'll eat my popcorn alone like I'm Steven Glansberg. Oh, my. <laughs> I don't even get that reference, but it sounded funny to me. Who's you know, that? Ste- Steven Glansberg. Who's that? It's from uh, Superbad. The kid who eats his dessert alone. That's a very obscure and excellent pull by you. Thank you. I, would, I mean, I've seen that movie many times. I would say it's one of the more famous lines in the film. Well done by you. So I need I need advice. I don't know what to do. We haven't had Fitness Friday as it normally stands for a couple of weeks. Right. But I want, I want to encourage Ryan in the pickleball game because I want a pickleball partner for the mornings because of our schedule. Yeah. I don't know what we should do. So as the arbiter of pickle uh, of Fitness Fridays, I think yeah. you've come to the right guy, obviously. Yeah. To me, this is not – I don't know why this is a debate, like a big debate. Ryan came to you and said, let's play pickleball instead of the Fitness Friday? He 
it was his idea right. to bring it up as a choice, so that which clearly indicates that he wants to. That indicates that he wants to play pickleball. But is it the right thing to do? As See what I'm saying? To what? Fitness Friday. The regular yeah. Fitness Friday. He wants to play pickleball. You always want people to play pickleball. What? Why is that complicated? Because it's it's now a betrayal for three, three weeks where we haven't done a proper Fitness Friday. It's going to be 60 degrees outside. Damn. Damn it. Here, I have a little proposition, Danny. Go on. Not only do we play pickleball, but when we go to that pickleball court, that is a pretty open space. And I know that area pretty damn well. There is a hill there that I used to run hills oh, on. No. What if we did a hybrid fitness Friday filled with pickleball and hills and abs so we do dabble in to fitness Friday and also play pickleball? And it all leads in to Fitness Friday. You see that? Grant, how do you feel about that? I mean, again, I think Ryan wants to play pickleball. I think he does, too. So I would just play pickleball with Ryan. I don't understand where the drawback is here. It's not a drawback, because you're right. I want to encourage. You don't You don't seem to be appreciating my dilemma. I want to encourage the pickleball. I, I think seems it's to wonderful. be your priority. However... This will now make three weeks. We don't use the gym downstairs, and we do we, like we've got a thing going on, right? It's a good thing, but we haven't been able to do it for almost a month now. And now we're talking about doing something else entirely. We're just making up this new thing. It's like there are no rules. All right, let's play pickleball tomorrow. Let's play it. Let's do it. I love we it. figured it out. We came. We came to an accord. We came to a Honda. It's time for your boys double play. So Darius and I do this thing called Fitness Fridays, okay? We like to work. It's not true. No. Tonight, very excited about this. Your boy, on the eve of my fifth wedding anniversary, is going out to dinner. Hey. Okay? I had to get reservations weeks in advance to a place I haven't been to in a long, long time. One of my staples in the city, place I haven't been to in a while. Name the restaurant I'm going to for dinner tonight. Bourbon. No. I'll ding the bell if you're wrong, like a spelling bee. Fuel Lamare. No, you don't like that place. RPM Italian. Damn it. Uh, salt Line. No, you don't like that. Um, you like seafood. Uh, oh, you're looking at me. He's doing that look like I'm supposed to know it. Joe's uh, Stone Crab. It's your staple. Best buns. It's in the city? It was a staple for your pal for several years. Gave it up during the uh, healthy period the time of, of health. my life the time for of a few health, years. Yeah. Haven't been back since. That needs to be corrected. Ryan, Hill Country. You, you got a guess? I was going to say Yardbird, but you said you haven't been back since. We went to Yardbird. Italian. Red Hen. Maggiano's? Damn it. Uh, mines. I would say it's the preeminent Italian place in D.C. Come on. Come on. You're doing terrible. I know. Because there's pressure. Kind of a who's who, the people that go to this. Yeah, yeah everyone knows. RPM. I said, I said, I said it. That's what was my first guess. That's newer. That competes with this place, but it's newer. Philomena. 
Let's go. Yeah. Philomena in Georgetown. Woo! The triumphant return. Finally. So what do I do? Finally. What do I do? All right, here we go. Let's look at the menu. Do I get chicken parm? Do I get myself some of the most delicious pasta known to man made by the, the pasta mamas in the front of the, 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 the store? You got to do that. What do I do? I'm just one man. You are. That's why I wanted to go light for lunch with you jabronis today. And then I didn't. No. You you, you got to set the base. You got to set your base there. Expand the stomach so you can put on a show tonight. That's what you do. I don't think so. I think I, I overdid it a no, little bit. No, you, you did exactly right. So what do you think for me for dinner tonight? Give me uh, your game plan. All right. So we've got to skip all the stuff that's um, vegetables. Get that out. All right. I'm looking at uh, dinner here. All right. If it's me, I need to start with a little antipasti. All right. That's going to involve... It's going to involve some meat, involve some cheese kind of a thing. I could do an arancini ball. That's fried rice balls. Mm. That's a good way to start. It's got a little dip dip in the sauce. It's going to be delish. What do you think of this? What? Ravioli con pollo y vodka. Yep. That's going to play. Let's go. Is that your main now? I think that might be the main. Vodka's added and cooked with tomato sauce. It serves to release flavors in the tomato. That are normally inaccessible results in a very delicious sauce. The creamy vodka sauce, Sunday sauces, simmered with. Ah, this word's gonna be tough. Shiitake mushrooms. Hey, boy! Served with. You gotta mean it when you say it. Grilled bell and Evans chicken breast over rigatoni pasta. Now, you and your lady wife, by the way, congratulations. Seriously, Thank that is a, it's a beautiful thing. Five years. Um. You guys do a bit sometimes where you go, if I order this and you order that, we can have an oh, exchange happening. of ideas. Yeah. Yes. We're doing the share meal. We, we are going to plan sharing. Both order something and split it. We're going to Splitsville. Now, do you get worried about her order being just inferior and then having getting stuck with that? Or is she going to listen to you? Does that make sense? Like, if my, the reason I don't do it with my wife is she'll be like, I want asparagus. With Brussels, with like steamed right. alfalfa. And I'm like, no, no. No, I think she's in it to win it here. Okay. I think she she wants to see me happy in this meal. What about the ravioli a la matrimonia? That's meatballs in your ravioli. <laughs> yes. What about that? Let's do that. What about that? Uh, I, I tell you what I'll do. Yep. I'm going to put it in the maybe pile. I plan on sending you pictures of everything I consume. I want you to live through me tonight. So do you want that or no? I normally... Normally cannot stand pictures of food. I'm Eat the food. S- send them directly to your cell phone. I'll give Darius and Ryan access as well. But tonight, tonight we skate with them. Tonight we eat with them. Tonight we dine with Grant Paulson at Philomena in Georgetown. Send me those pictures, Let's my friend. Let's go. It send has me been them. years since my triumphant return. We will uh, eat our weight in Godfather's Pizza. You doing cannolis for dessert? Not a cannolis guy. I'll do a dessert. It's going to be some type of a chocolatey deliciousness, but I, I'm not going to probably do a cannoli. Tiramisu? Would never touch tiramisu. You wouldn't touch it, would you? No, not Mm-mm. me. Not me. Too Maybe, tasty. They got any fresh baked chocolate chip cookies on that menu? Maybe a little piece of chocolate cake a la mode? It's going to be a good night. I'm excited about it. Grant and Danny on the fan, your tickets to go see Fallout Boy. When we return here on G&D and next hour... Is Dan Snyder really not going to sell the Commanders unless he gets seven bill? That was a report yesterday. See if we buy it on G&D.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 